In this episode of the Andrew Segovia Show, I have a legal update to give you as to what's going on with the Judicial Council of California and also what you can anticipate to vote on this coming November in terms of propositions for California. You're listening to the Andrew Segovia Show. And welcome to the program, everyone. I am yours truly, Andres Segovia. In this episode, I actually have a segment that was meant to be in the June News Roundup as an alternate take, which ultimately did not make the cut. So I decided to include it here prior to the debut of the June News Roundup. Um, I, it's mostly a legal update on the, on the back end, but I do cover a couple of news articles that did not make the cut of the original June News Roundup. I do talk about uh, the analysis I will be discussing in the, the June News Roundup. So take that as a teaser. But most importantly, it's what's coming up here in California in terms of the battle on the proposition side and what some, um, some groups are doing to try to protect and in some cases restore landlord rights here in California since we've been under assault uh, for the longest time, but it's been taken to the nth degree because of the COVID uh, lockdowns and such. So without further ado, here is the alternative take that did not make the final cut of the up-and-coming June News Roundup episode. So in the past 24 hours since I wrapped on recording the news roundup, a lot has happened. Big news that I have to address. Now, these two articles that I'm going to go over really briefly are at the nationwide level. Okay, so at the nationwide level is one thing. So California is its own real estate industry, basically. And because of what is happening in other places that's happening to a larger scale here in California, um, it is you'll understand why it's getting more of a concern in that respect. All right, so from CNBC, coronavirus mortgage bailouts suddenly swell as homeowners face new struggles. I don't, under, I don't understand the whole suddenly swell thing, knowing that um, millions have already uh, done a, a forbearance. Some of them did it by request. Other ones didn't know they did it. And that's what's crazy. That's why for those of you that follow my show would know how controversial forbearance options have been. And it hasn't worked out that well for some. So here are the, the key points from this article. Uh, a number of active mortgage forbearance plans rose by 79,000 in the past week uh, as of this uh, article, e- erasing roughly half of the improvement since the peak of May 22nd. Increases happened every day for the past five business days as of Tuesday. Um, I think that was uh, the 23rd of June. Um, as of Tuesday, 4.68 million homeowners were in forbearance plans, allowing them to delay their mortgage payments for at least three months. This represents 8.8% of all active mortgages, up from 8.7% the week before. Um, why this is a big deal uh, is because, especially for uh, here in California, is... Well, if you cannot pay back your your loan, um, technically all three months are due in one lump sum as soon as it's lifted, unless the mortgage lender that they work with will let them either tack it on at the end of the duration of their remaining mortgage or maybe sprinkle it across the other monthly payments that are due. I don't know. It, de- it really depends on who your mortgage provider is and what options they're willing to lend to you. But generally speaking, a forbearance means that you didn't pay one, two, or even up to three months. You're supposed to pay all of that back as soon as those three months are up. So that means the fourth month plus three months. 
well, I thought the reason you weren't paying the mortgage is because you couldn't afford it. So imagine having to face that. That's the concern that some, that some people have. And one of the other top concerns has been the hit on their credit immediately regarding flexing the forbearance option due to COVID versus, say, doing a forbearance because you couldn't pay during a, a normal economic cycle. It's already affecting credit the same way. And, and how's that going to help you when you try to negotiate or settle with a bank to address this when there's nothing to explain that you did not want a forbearance? You had to because of the government lockdowns and because of the coronavirus. You know, the, the onus will end up being on you to prove them wrong. Now, I go more in depth on forbearance. I'm going to leave the links to those two episodes where I discuss with a, with a mortgage provider and also where I do more analysis from other individuals, a presentation that I did do for Facebook exclusively. I will be leaving those links in the video description down below on YouTube. And for those that are listening on the podcast or watching the show um, website, you'll find them at the show notes of companies episode at www.theandrosegobo.com. So you understand a lot more as to what that is. So this next article feeds in directly to all that, that half of U.S. homeowners struggling with mortgage due to COVID are considering selling their home. A little bit about this article, a survey of 2,000 American homeowners, a little 2,000, but it's still statistics, right? Homeowners found that 52% are constantly worried are concerned about making their mortgage payment on time. 47% of the poll said they're considering selling their home because they can't afford their mortgage anymore. But where would they end up landing? Are they going to buy? Are they going to downsize? Is that it? That's why I have an article about tiny home living and the 10 states where it's most populous. And number one is California. But still, like tiny home living, um, is that the way to go? Or are they going to go to rent? Which is leading me to our next topic here. For those that have been following my program, have been made aware of some updates I've been passing along from the Brennan Law Firm here in California. Uh, they've been keeping uh, us uh, landlords and property managers up to date with what's been going on regarding the Judicial Council here in California and the the moratorium they put on evictions. They were eventually supposed to phase it out by August, and then they actually were considering revising that, and that was the last update that I gave. And I didn't give another update because there wasn't another update into just recently. So on June 15th, the Pacific Legal Foundation, a nonprofit legal organization that that defends the individual liberty and constitutional rights of Americans threatened by government overreach and abuse, filed a lawsuit against the California Judicial Council seeking, among other things, a repeal of the Judicial Council's Emergency Rule 1, which, as you know, prohibits courts from issuing summons in eviction cases. The reason they ended up doing that, because the law that was supposed to sunset in August, is now actually being extended uh, as being understood indefinitely, which uh, that, that really doesn't make much any sense. Um, it's, it's unfortunately, and it surprised everybody that the last second, um, the Judicial Council kind of walked back what they were intending to do because it looked, there was dialogue being, uh, being uh, striked between the Judicial Council and uh, um, uh, these, these groups, these legal groups that were bringing a conversation to defend um, uh, homeowners in California. But unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't go that way. It went off the wayside. And now lawsuit is being filed. And believe me, it's not the only one of its kind. There are more in line if they haven't filed lawsuits already. They are, um, they will be pretty soon, especially since there is a constant threat from the state legislator here in California of what they intend to do. So this is a matter that I got from, uh, I think, the California Apartments Association, I believe. And they it's regarding the future of rental housing industry being at risk because of multiple threats to it. 
Last year, AB Assembly Bill 1482 was passed, which ended up becoming the statewide rent cap that uh, instituted here in California. And I had said that was not enough for the tenant activists. They wanted more. They already got state re- statewide rent control. And there's local jurisdictions that have a lot more stricter um, rules in place. And I said that wasn't enough. As soon as it was signed into lodge or went into effect January 1st of this year, later that same month, they were trying to uh, get a petition to put on the ballot an even stricter version of rent control because it didn't do the wide-reaching grab that they wanted to. So this is the letter uh, that's meant for rental property owners um, as to why it's affecting mortgages throughout California as well. So that's where all this ties together because if your income's being affected, you can't pay mortgage, mortgage, um, housing providers uh, for the mom and pop shops to uh, property management companies on uh, commercial real estate. If no one's paying the rent, that means there's no income coming in. And the state has set up a lot of protections for the tenants and nothing for the landlords, save the one thing that they try to negotiate here in the state. Gavin Newsom negotiated with some of the big banks to flex forbearance, which, as I already stated, is actually more harmful than good. And the thing is, the protections being afforded to the tenants are not the same thing being afforded to the landlord. You always say, oh, yeah, but the landlords can defer the mortgage. Yeah, which ends up being due in full at the end of the term, whereas what's being put forward for the tenants, regardless of whether they can prove that they are hit financially by COVID, um, they don't have to pay back the rent immediately. And they can supposedly stretch it out depending on where you are. It could be a city. It could be, a, it could be a, at the state level. Um, six to 12 months out. And what happens when the tenant moves out? Exactly. So this is a letter from the California Apartments Association. Let me make sure that's right, because that, that should be a CAA. Um, I'll leave a link to this as well so you guys can, can look into it. When Californians get their ballots this fall, they'll likely to find three new statewide propositions related to real estate, of course. Two of those measures will modify Proposition 13, the very thing I go over in the next, uh, in the, the next segment. Um, one, seeking higher taxes for commercial and industrial properties, but with zero impact on rent on residential re- rentals. And the other aimed at higher taxes after inheritance. Um, while problematic, these measures do not pose an existential threat to your rental housing business. That distinction goes to the third real estate measure facing voters in November. We're, we don't know what this prop is. And that's where I, I kind of hint about this in the next segment that I pre-recorded. Um, so we don't know what that is yet. We're expecting that proposition to be assigned by the end of this month or in July. That's going to be appearing in November because um, the, uh, the state controller did authorize it to be appearing on the ballot, but no proposition number has been issued for it just yet. This statewide initiative would bring radical rent control of the likes of the 1970s and 80s back to California. This measure comes from anti-housing activist Michael Weinstein, who is a president of the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, a billion-dollar organization that continues to spend tens of millions of dollars each year on anti-housing legislation initiatives. This measure, this measure is similar to Weinstein's Proposition 10, which the California Apartments Association defeated in a campaign that cost tens of millions of dollars, and the voters shot down. You, it, was, it wasn't even close, but 70% of the voters in California shot down Proposition 10. That's one thing that's uh, made uh, to, uh, to be aware. The initiative will allow cities, if this one goes ahead, uh, if it passes this new one, will allow cities to impose radical rent control that even set the rent you charge to a new tenant. 
It's a practice called vacancy decontrol for properties that are already in rent control places that you can negotiate a market rate rent if you can prove that you did improvements to the unit when you bring in a new tenant. The extreme form of this is that it doesn't matter that whether you improve or you don't, you cannot charge a new rent. You have to honor the old rent is what they're intending to do. In other words, getting rid of vacancy decontrol, which is just going to make housing in rent control areas even worse even worse. So we don't know to the extent of what this all is because we're waiting to see the paperwork too. But be assured that it's going to appear in November. Californians and other Americans continue to struggle with the COVID-19 pandemic. Unfortunately, the tenant rights movement is out of control, which is true. They are working with some elected leaders to politicize the coronavirus and its financial fallout to advance their agenda to force landlords out of business with more taxes, regulations, and giveaways. Look, there's a lot more here, and um, I, I, I'm already afraid that uh, this episode is going to be doxed because of what I just mentioned. So I'm going to be leaving the the entirety of the rest of this letter copied on uh, the, the show notes coming this episode at www.theandrewsagoba.com. So make sure you, you go over there. You don't have to be subscribed to be able to see it, but uh, for those that want the entire analysis of the headlines that I went over, you will be able to get it only if you subscribe to the podcast or on Off the Record, which will be available in video form. The thing is, um, I'm also going to be leaving this so those that are interested, for those that are landlords um, or property owners, property managers, that you should consider supporting the cause uh, because it's it's. I know we're all hurting, but um, this is this is a big one that we do need to get the voices out there because when I was um, at at the California Association of Realtors Expo last year, I was very disappointed that this was coming down the pipeline. And basically, the California Association of Realtors admitted they were not going to fight it. So in other words, that means the California Apartments Association is the only one right now leading the charge for this. Meanwhile, the Pacific Legal Foundation is trying to restore your rights as we speak by suing the Judicial Council. Because as I mentioned before, what is being sought after is government takeover of properties. And we've seen the government overreach at this time of COVID. I'm not going to weigh in into the details of all that. I've weighed into it and off the record. So if you're interested, subscribe, uh, um, to, uh, create an account, sign up, and you'll be able to find out what I say about that. But what I am getting at is that this is a very dangerous period. And some people are going to think this is highly politicized or whatever. That's not. I'm just giving you the facts of what's actually happening, what the state legislator is doing and interested in doing, that you've already been punished during the lockdowns. And now that we're reopening, possibly relocking again. And on top of all that, while you're not getting any income or no support from government levels at any level from the minister, from municipal level to the state level to the federal level now they're trying to punish you not just with taxes but by trying to take your property away and taking away your livelihood altogether that is a state of fact that is not an opinion not an opinion Uh, let's go on to the next segment Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Andres Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to stay in the know. If you want a question featured on the program or you never know, it could be an episode all on its own, you can message me at any of the social media links available at my website, www.theandresegovia.com. Also available there are all the directories where you can find my show. Remember to also follow me on YouTube and Instagram where other exclusive content resides. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the program. I'll see you on the next one.